Hello, listeners. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our brand new sponsor, Text Expander. Communicate smarter with Text Expander. Gather, perfect, and share your knowledge. Recall your best words instantly and repeatedly. Learn more at textexpander.com forward slash podcast. We'd also like to thank ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 205 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we wrapped up 2017 with our version of the ESPN Pardon the Interruption show format. It's a fast-paced and fun show that I recommend to you if you haven't already listened to it. Another tradition we have on the podcast is launching each new year with our own personal technology resolutions. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, I am fresh off from my victory in the previous podcast and happy to announce that in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we'll indeed be sharing our 2018 technology resolutions. In our second segment, I'll be asking Dennis some questions about a big change that he is making. Excited about that. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first up, uh, technology resolutions. This is the time of year when I think everyone, bloggers, podcasters, Instagrammers, everyone out there is posting their predictions for next year. What does the future hold for legal tech? Or telling you the best gifts to get others for the holidays. And while I like all of that, I'm lousy at predictions. I can't stand it. Um, And so we usually take a different approach. And I really like this approach that we take. And we, we look upon the new year as an occasion for renewal and improvement and discuss our upcoming resolutions solutions technology-wise for the coming year. Also gives us a chance to feel good about ourselves before the new year starts and uh, things start to get real. Dennis, first off, how did you do on last year's check resolutions? And uh, I guess, should people go back to last year's episode to check? Well, I think that uh, I actually did pretty well. And I I noticed that we did something different last year, which was we kind of picked three words for the year. So I, mine were prune, master, and learn. And so I know I had some specific examples, but one of the things I like about that approach is that it allows you to say, hmm, that first idea I had isn't quite right. There's something else that does fit that category. So so I think I actually did pretty well, but, but I think that in any of these resolutions in technology, accountability is really important, but so is, as I said, the, the ability to be a little bit flexible and to adapt to circumstances. So if I think I'm going to, my resolution for the year is to learn X, which I think was data analytics last year, but as things turned out, I uh, because of some other things I was doing, it was actually blockchain and artificial intelligence that were probably the areas that I learned, or perhaps you could even say that blockchain is an area that I went even deeper than I expected then that flexibility comes in. And I also think with resolutions, as I, I look at the, the Agile method, there was this notion of 
of failing fast. And so if you have this resolution that you see isn't going to work, but uh, you can replace it with something else, then that's important too, because you, you can still move forward. And I, as you said, I kind of like our approach to this because, you know, I used to make all kinds of predictions. And the thing is that, you know, you can predict anything. And then the holiday gifts thing, you know, I'm interested in what people recommend that they actually use, but it seems like people are just trying to find like the newest and weirdest thing that they can find, but you never have the sense that people have actually tried some of the things they recommend. So I like the resolutions thing. I think I did okay last year, uh, actually pretty well. How about you, Tom? Well, you know, I think mine was better than I expected, actually. As I was preparing for the podcast, I I was thinking that this was really a tough year to get anything done outside of work. Work was really busy this year. Family life was really tough this year. But then I looked back at the resolutions that we talked about last year, and I was really pleasantly surprised. And maybe that's why I structured them the way that I did. My three words last year were experiment, share, and learn. And under experiment, I pledged to experiment with a service studio. I did. I got it. I'm excited to have it. I wanted to experiment on Alexa versus Google Home. I did that. I have both devices here. I've been playing with them. I actually have another Alexa device coming soon to play with. New iPads. Okay, there was one new iPad this year. I did experiment with that. I do have the new Google phone. I like it. Not everybody likes it. I didn't really get to play around with the VR with Google Daydream. Uh, That's one area that I didn't get to to deal with. Um, Under the share topic, one of the big things there was to share our knowledge and our expertise and our experiences with the world. The first one was our collaboration book. And I think we're both pleased to say we're putting the finishing touches on that. And it should be out early in 2018. Uh, Where I did fail was in rejuvenating the blog. And we talked about a kind of a new tech news roundup that I was interested in starting. Those things really haven't happened the way I wanted them to. And then under learn, I wanted to learn how to do uh, Adobe Captivate to help uh, in change management, help develop training. I did that. I'm not as good at it as I would like to be, um, but I did learn how to use it. Um, I learned also how to use a lot of the inner tools of Office 365, using Teams a lot with the consultants at my at my work. I really like be using that as kind of a Slack alternative um, that lives in the Microsoft Office world. So I'm actually, I was actually kind of jazzed. I've made good efforts at all of the resolutions I made last year. And I think that's a useful thing to look back. And like I said, that category approach can be really helpful because, you know, I I think you're right, Tom. Sometimes you have the sense of like, oh, I didn't accomplish the main things that I thought I was going to. But then you go back and you look and you say, actually, you know, Tom, I was listening. That's a really impressive list. And I know how, you know, sometimes you're pretty tough on yourself, but that's a really impressive list. And and so I think if you give yourself credit for what you do, and then also say, maybe I went in the right direction, but I, it, you know, I moved forward. So I think that's that sense of moving forward that I always look for. Yep. So I don't know, Tom, what are some of the things you think we've learned over the years on tech resolutions and, and making resolutions in general? So I have to say, I probably say this every year, the thing that is useful, or that, and I've learned this really from my work, is that one of the things that make a good resolution is, unfortunately, whatever 
the biggest pain is for you. Uh, you know, I'm learning from my clients that they're not motivated to change unless the pain is strong enough. And so my thought is, let me go to find the source of the greatest pain and develop a resolution around that. Now, obviously, that's not going to work for the things where I want to learn about stuff. I wanted to improve myself. I want to be better at this or do that. Um, but I think that that is a powerful motivator to set a resolution is to say, how can I make this better in my life is to find where am I f currently either least satisfied or having issues or challenged or uh, frustrated by a problem at work? Where can I deal with that? And to me, that seems to be a good way to start. And then I'll say it again. I, I think that taking small steps is really the way to do it. Break down your resolution into the manageable steps so that you don't try to do it all at once. You try to do it all at once and it doesn't work or you don't have time, you're more likely to abandon it. I think that getting those small steps done help to establish momentum and are ultimately more satisfying. Those are the two kind of takeaways that I've had over the, the past couple of years that we've been doing these is I just find that, that more successful if you approach them in a certain way. What about you, Dennis? Well, I you know I like some of the rule of thumb things and and some of the the approaches that you know people take with projects and and goals you know so the the smart goals notion obviously is a really structured way of doing goals I love the rule of threes because I always feel that it's easy to remember and then you know the idea that you can do three things or concentrate on three things seems really attainable. Uh, to me. And then more and more, I think about uh, thinking of the resolutions as their own projects. And so as a project, then, you know, it has certain steps and maybe it can have milestones and other things like that. So you can break it down into these chunks where you feel that you, you're making progress. And, and as I said, I think it's really important to, to feel the forward momentum. And so that notion of going Take that resolution, turn it into a project that has steps. You can map it out. You can calendar it, that sort of thing, and you can keep it in in front of you. So those are the things. So I don't know, Tom. I I, I think we went back. To, we definitely went to the rule of three again this year, and I, I realized that I, I had written these down in the script before I looked at last year's words, and I kind of echoed the, some of the same, the, basically the same three themes I had last year. So my first resolution is. Is, uh, something I think I've mentioned before, but I, I call this tech zero. So I'm making some changes that we'll talk about and we're going to be moving. And so it gives me a, a chance to say, well, let's take a hard look at the technology I'm using. And what is it that I really want to take with me? And are, are the old ways that I'm used to doing technology and the things I use, do they, they still make sense? What if I were starting out with nothing? What are the choices that I would make? And if they're different than what I'm doing, then doesn't it make sense for me to make some of those changes now? So it's kind of, I feel is like a really radical way of taking a look at your technology and, and then deciding how it is that you're going to move forward. And so I think there's some things that definitely won't change, but other things that I can already tell, like, I'm not sure why... I'm doing this because I'm not sure that it works. And then it, it, this, so this falls into the pruning category for me, obviously. So like I, I look and I say, if I'm moving and I have a printer and my wife has a printer, then why am I moving two printers from where I'm at to somewhere else? And, you know, is I know 
my millennial friends think the idea of even having a printer is bizarre. So why would I have two? So that would be the sort of thing where you start, you just start to look at it. And I think I will concentrate mainly on on software. But that's the sort of pruning notion. But it's it's saying let's just start from the beginning and then kind of think through our technology and as always use the jobs to be done notion to say what what am I hiring the technology to do as I go forward and if I understand that then how are the the technologies I now have how do they even fit into that job to be done and if they don't then what do I replace them with. I think that's a great start if you're getting ready to make a change. My first one is actually looking back at the the three resolutions that I chose. Two of them are are continuations of of what I started last year. Um, But this first one sort of feels like the technology version of the I need to lose weight uh, resolution or the I need to get in shape resolution. It's the one we do every year, or at least the one I do every year, and it never seems to to get to the point. And so I I list as my first resolution, relaunching, and I put in parentheses, no, really, my return to the internet. And I think that I've been gone from the internet for a long time. I mean, aside from this podcast, my blog hasn't been updated in quite a long time. I'm not as active on social media as I used to be. I really want to change that around. I just haven't had the kind of time. And I think, frankly, it has shown. I feel like part of what I talked about last year was the desire to share information with people. Um, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy going out and looking. You know, I probably have commented on this podcast before that in my current job with information governance, I'm probably farther away from legal technology than I really ever have been in my career. But where I find myself um, being able to help lawyers or work with lawyers in technology is really talking about the everyday technology that lawyers need. Maybe not the legal technology, but the everyday tools that lawyers can use and how they can put that to work in their practice. I really want to do a better job of communicating that, whether it's through a blog. I've talked in you and I've talked several times about putting together some short little fun podcast or maybe a YouTube channel or something that shows uh, information on the latest everyday technology for lawyers. I really want to get that started. That's probably not something that's going to start until after uh, ABA Tech Show, but uh, but I really want to get something out there that starts to, I feel sort of like I haven't been communicating with people and, and that's an odd feeling, but I think that's what happens once you get engaged on the internet and then you go away from it for a while. Um, it feels like you're cut off, and and I'm I'm ready to to get started on that again. Yeah, Tom. I mean, I think that that is true, and I I think the book project is similar in that way because I, when you're working on a book, you feel like oh, I I shouldn't start something new. You know, like oh, you know, Tom, you and I have talked about doing online courses. We go like, well, let's finish the book project first. And I sometimes feel like oh, I could do something else, but. You're right. I need to pay attention to the blog first. And it's like the blog piece of it becomes kind of a blocker because you say, and it keeps other stuff from going forward because you say, I, I need to get to that first. Uh, yep. So, yeah. So I think you, as we start to think through that approach and, you know, you and I've, I know I've talked to you trying to convince you we need to do the, the Kennedy Mile Insider Report you know, newsletter, which is along the lines of the podcast idea you had, but maybe a simpler thing to do and goes back to uh, both of our early histories in in doing newsletters. So I think that 
that I agree with you because kind of polishing the internet presence, because I just, I just feel really scattered and I'm doing a lot, but it's it's really scattered. So my resolution number two is, is one of my usual ones. And so I, I just call it learn one big thing and a few little things too. And so uh, I'm still working on what that's going to be because I, as I looked at the upcoming year, I said, well, you know, the collaboration book is coming out, so collaboration tools has to be something that I'm, I'm learning and talking about and doing that. I'm doing a lot of stuff, some really interesting things uh, that will come out soon on the legal innovation side of things. So innovation and the practice of innovation is definitely something I'll be learning more about. And then uh, I've done some speaking lately on a couple topics that I, I know I want to learn more about. And, you know, so, and, but then I say, if I go by my rule of threes and I have collaboration and innovation and and it makes sense for me practically to do either blockchain or artificial intelligence, but I'm not sure which one, you know, so that's, but I'm trying to figure out like, well, one of those things I want to learn a lot more, but I want to focus also have a couple of other things. And they sort of feel like meta technology subjects rather than to learn more about how to use, you know, a program better or that sort of thing. Uh, although I do have... I, I think probably one of the smaller things is to learn how to use OmniFocus even better because I wanted I really want to develop the notion of, of projects. So that's sort of the general thing that I do every year is to say, okay, uh, what's the one big thing I'm going to learn, and then can I identify, you know, maybe the cluster of of three other things that I just want to get better at. I think that the way you describe it, sort of the meta things that you want to learn about, the commonality there is that those topics tend to be things that you can help other people understand, whereas learning about OmniFocus is the more personal, helping you understand on a personal basis. And I think there's value in both of those, uh, in both of those approaches. So I look forward to seeing what it is you learn about in the next year. My, uh, my second resolution is a continuation of my learn category last year. I did go in, I learned a lot of the tools from Microsoft Office 365, and what I learned when I started using them was how useful they would be in getting teams to collaborate with each other. I'm really intrigued with the notion of, you know, we, we have our, our consultants are all over the place, um, but we work for the same client and we need to have a place where we can all work together. And I have to say that the combination of Microsoft Teams and now being able to co-author documents in Microsoft Office where, where we have a single copy of a document that is shared by everybody and we can author it either at the same time or offline and, and in different times really makes it easy to share information with each other. Um, combining with that, the OneNote notebooks, you know, once we've set up a team site, then we also have a OneNote notebook so that everybody who has meetings or does interviews um, can access um, the notes for those interviews. Any notes that we have on the client, they're all right there. I'm just really scratching the surface of what can be done. And I'm really intrigued by this whole Microsoft notion of collaboration. I know Dennis, you and I have circulated Microsoft put out this diagram of what they believe their whole collaboration universe is. And it's huge. It's massive. It's it's a lot more than what I'm talking about right here. But I think that in the workplace, it offers a lot of really good 
capabilities because it all, again, ties into a world that lawyers are already part of, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and it makes that part, but then it extends beyond that. And so I'm I'm looking forward to, I think what's going to be interesting about this is, is that it's something that I really want to do, but it's not something that the other consultants that I work with are used to doing. And they have their own distinct ways of doing work and trying to, you know, have that change management and changing the behavior to where people are collaborating and doing things in a way that centralizes the information and makes it beneficial to everyone rather than to set up silos where everybody has their separate independent information, I think is going to be both a challenge and an interesting change if we can make it happen. So that's a, that's what I'm hopefully looking forward to doing next year. So my number three goes back to what you said. I think it's important to identify the biggest pain that you have. And so lately I feel that the the big thing for me is capturing the ideas I have and then making those ideas actionable. So to me, it's turning them into projects. And so about every year or so, I reach out to our friend Matt Homan and say, Matt, have you found like a great tool for capturing ideas and, and turning them into action? Because that's ideas are always a focus of Matt. And he never really has found anything yet. And I haven't either. But that sort of feels like that's the pain that, that I would like to try to resolve. That would help me a lot. And I sort of think, you know, this is a great example of you don't want to think first about technology and then figure out the uh, solution to your problem magically is the technology that you've identified. So I think my thing is like, okay, I have ideas. How do I capture them? And then how do I make them actionable? My gut sense says that's an expansion of how I use OmniFocus already, but it doesn't quite work on the capture side. So I think that that as I move forward, that's so I feel like I have ideas. I think I'm going to remember them. I don't. I don't follow up on them. So getting a system together that will allow me to capture to turn into projects and then to review on a regular basis the things I haven't turned into projects, I think is my big resolution for this year. Yeah, that's a struggle to find a tool that works that well with that. I I think OmniFocus is ideal for some of that piece, but I agree that it may not be ideal for everything. It may be useful, and I don't think that, unfortunately, I don't think OmniFocus connects with any of these, but using one of the connecting services like IFTTT or Zapier or Microsoft Flow may be able to set up some sort of workflow that allows you to do what you need using multiple tools. Um, I've not looked at that, but uh, that would be an interesting exercise. My third one, you know, you you mentioned pain, and I talk about pain, and guess what? I'm not actually addressing any of my pain this year in my resolutions. I guess if I had pain, my resolution would be, and I still plan to do this, is I have about a thousand pictures that need to be scanned between family members that I've gotten pictures from. I need to scan them, and that is a huge source of pain because they're sitting there in a pile staring me in the face. They need to get scanned. I don't want to scan them. I want to find a good service to send them off and, and scan them but it is a thousand pictures, so it will not be inexpensive. But that's not my resolution. My resolution is, and I really never thought this would be a resolution. I never thought that I would be interested in this, but lately it has grown on me. And it is, I want to explore 
making my home smarter. And by doing that, using technology to have a smart home. Not sure I'm ready for a smart lock. Don't think that I'm ready for smart water sprinklers. Not even sure that I want the true nature of a smart light bulb in that I really don't care if my room turns blue or red or anything like that. But I will say that using both the Google Home and the Amazon Echo to do things, and now that those devices can actually control things that go on in your house just with your voice, you know, I'm now able to turn music on in any part of the house just using that, using the speakers that I want and the tools that I want. Very simple to do. And then what really hit home with me was, was you know, we're in the holiday season right now. We're setting up, uh, you know, Christmas trees and things around the house. And we have these old ancient timers where you have to pull out or push in the hours that you want the lights to come on. And it's incredibly ancient and it doesn't work very well. And I went out, I bought a couple of smart plugs. I installed the app on my phone. And now I've got them set up on timers so that they're automatically turning on, turning off when I want. And I'm starting to appreciate the value of smart tools in the home. And I want to explore that a little bit more, see where that gets me, see if it makes uh, sense to make the house more efficient or more interesting by controlling it electronically. I'm not sure where I'll go with this, but I'm interested to get started. So I think that uh, a lot about your success with resolutions comes from you know, how you follow up on it. And for a lot of people, the notion of having accountability is great. And that, you know, so sometimes you get like a, a buddy who will kind of check in with you to see how you're doing in exchange for you checking with them to see how they're doing. And that can be helpful. Sometimes if you know somebody well, like I know Tom, like one of the best ways to motivate Tom is for me to say, you know, Tom, I think your number two about the collaboration stuff, that's going to happen. I think making your home smarter, I think that's going to happen unless you get distracted by buying a bunch of Bluetooth speakers. But Tom, I think next year the blog isn't going to be going. And I know that by saying that, that Tom is going to be super motivated to go out and do that. So like the best thing I can probably do for Tom is to say, I don't believe you can get that done this year. So there's a number of strategies you can get with accountability and getting other people to help. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on my resolution since I've kind of judged yours a little bit, Tom. Well, I, I don't really. I mean, I think that you've chosen resolutions that fit things that you plan to be doing during the year, and I think that's smart. I think that, you know, there are sometimes you can say that um, resolutions should be outside your comfort zone. But I would argue that having them within your comfort zone is better because it's more likely that you're going to do them. And the fact that you've got things in here that you may be making some changes in your life to reduce your technology, that needs to get done. It's a great idea to, to do that. Um, learning stuff about some of these meta topics is a really important thing that I think you want to be doing for the things that you're going to be involved in. So I think that that's one way, I think, to hold yourself accountable is to have it be things that you know you need to get done. It's things that you want to get done. And I think that makes it a whole lot easier. And so I, I'd wanted to kind of give some uh, resources, I guess, for resolutions. And so as I thought about that, I'm going to go old school on this because this is what I found has been really helpful to me lately, which is to go offline and say, let me just, when I say I would like to figure out what kind of three technology uh, resolutions I have, just go out and walk for a half an hour, 45 minutes and say, I'm just going to think about those things. And I'm not going to be paying attention to the phone and I'm not going to be on 
the internet and that sort of thing. And I can do that for half an hour, 45 minutes, and I'm walking too. That's good for me. And then I think that a lot, you can start to get those ideas and say, you know, this is a possibility. This is a possibility. And just get a little quiet time while you're walking. And, and I think that will really help you with the tech resolutions. Yeah, no, totally agree. So I guess if we were to make one suggestion for our listeners that they resolve to do, I, I'm thinking it's to uh, call our voicemail questions number next year. Don't you think, Tom? I totally agree with that. That number, uh, again, is 720-441-6820. And uh, frankly, you can get that uh, resolution completed uh, in minutes, frankly. So I think it's the perfect resolution for all of our listeners. All right. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Text Expander helps you communicate smarter. You get home from an event where you've met some potential clients. You create a Text Expander snippet with a follow-up message, use fill-in fields for the contact name and custom topic, quickly produce personalized emails to everyone by expanding and filling in your snippet, share your snippet with colleagues, and everyone gets done faster. Visit textexpander.com forward slash podcast for 20% off your first year. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. In this segment, I have officially already announced my retirement from MasterCard, an early retirement. So people who think I'm young can still keep thinking that, but I'm actually a, a little bit older than some people realize. But I had an early retirement option, which I decided to take. And I just wanted to have Tom ask me a few questions about that so people can learn about my future plans. And and I've been telling people, I'm all I'm doing is retiring from MasterCard. I'm not retiring from anything else. And, and it's kind of funny. A couple of people immediately reacted when I said I was retiring from MasterCard by saying, you're still going to keep doing the podcast, right? And I said, yeah, no no problem with that and a lot of other things as well. So, so I, I guess, Tom, we're planning to solve. Uh, be stopping working at MasterCard. My wife and I are planning to relocate to Ann Arbor, Michigan, so the intro of the podcast may change in a few months. But uh, you and I have talked a little bit about this, but we thought it might be good for the audience to have you ask me a few questions and I can talk about some of the things that uh, might be happening with me. Well, so I am. I promise that none of my questions are any gotcha questions. These are pretty much just going to be softballs that let you uh, talk about whatever you want to. I and mean, you know, it's interesting because you know the the concept of early retirement is exciting, but I guess it's also maybe a little bit scary um, or a little bit unknown. But that also, I guess, can be exciting. So, are you? I mean, you say that you're just retiring from Mastercard. So, what does that really mean? Do you plan to do some kind of work? What are you thinking about in terms of uh, what's next for you in terms of uh, either the law or technology or both? 
Well, I think that I've been in, at MasterCard 11 years, which surprises some of my friends who think that's an incredibly long time for me to be at one place, which just shows you know, like what a great run it was for me at, uh, at MasterCard. So in a sense, uh, my wife would like me to take a little bit of a sabbatical and slow down. So there is an element of that. So I do want to take a little bit of a break. And then what I'm doing is not going to surprise anybody, I don't think. I plan to do more writing, more speaking. I'm involved in some projects, and then then I think I will, you know, find a place that uh, makes sense in terms of work that probably will be a portfolio of different things, and I'll probably have a, a home base for that. So um, I have a number of things I'm talking about, but it'll, you know, like I said, we're it's we decided that uh, we're going to downsize, we're going to move to be closer to my dad. And then uh, I've always had this desire to retire or live in a, in a great university town. And we did a little looking in Ann Arbor, Michigan is, is the place that we thought made sense for us, very close to my dad, for example, and the rest of my family. So that's sort of what's going out there. And some of it is a little bit unknown, but I kind of feel like it's been great. You and other everybody I've talked to just seems really excited that they feel this is a great move for me. So that's really encouraging to me. So then let's look ahead. So really, I've just got two questions for you because you really basically answered all of my questions in that answer. So thanks a lot for that. So here's the, the last question. Let's look ahead a year from now. We're doing our resolutions episode in 2018. Where should our listeners expect to find you? What kind of predictions would you make? You know, I, th I think where they might find me is I think that um, I'm so if I look at what I've done over the years, I'm always trying to align what I'm doing with what interests me most. And so I would expect you would find me, as I said, in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, being part of a, a great university town and getting involved in the community. There's a great startup culture there with some legal tech companies there. I'll be close to what's going on with Michigan State and the University of Michigan Law Schools. And I've already been doing a little bit of work that people will hear about later, especially with the, the Michigan State people in the legal R&D group. So I think you'll see that. So I'm looking at innovation, probably some kind of, of new tech, and then kind of getting myself more involved in in the changes that are happening in law, both in the sense of how technology is changing things, how technology is changing what the subject matter of law is, something I call the you know lawyering in the platform era. So I expect to see some of that. And then probably some close involvement with one or the other of artificial intelligence or blockchain technologies. So a number of things out there, but definitely I just, you know, I did a number of speaking things, Tom, as you know, in the last few months, including going to London to speak about artificial intelligence. And it just reminded me how much I love uh, speaking on the technology topic. So I, I, would, I would definitely hope to be doing more of that. And then in the show next year, I would hope to be able to say, look, Tom, I, I actually inspired you to, to get your blog going, and I got all three of my resolutions done. So that would be my goals at that point. Well, I personally look forward to seeing uh, how you're able to uh, maintain a relationship with uh, Michigan State living in a town that bleeds yellow and blue. But um, we will save that for another episode. So uh, maybe let's move on to our parting shots. It is time for our parting shots, that one tip website or observation. You can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. 
So I can't resist. I have to talk about a Bluetooth speaker, but it's really not fair because it's not just a Bluetooth speaker. It's just as long as it's not another Google thing. Too. Well, guess what? It's a Google speaker. It's both Google and Bluetooth. But actually, you know what? It's it's really not. It's not fair to call the Google Max a Bluetooth speaker because you really can't hook it up to anything except for Google devices. But that's okay because I have a Google phone and it works. Google Max is sort of uh, Google's way of rounding out its Google Home tools. So there's the Google Home, which is sort of the middle, uh, you know, is the Google's version of the Amazon Echo. There's the Google Home Mini, which is like the Amazon Echo Dot, the smaller version. Not a great speaker, but you can put it anywhere and you can talk to Google and get the information you need. The Google Home Max is really what I expected to be like my Sonos speakers, to be able to put them throughout the house. I'm not sure I'm going to use them that exact way because I bought a couple of them and I've been using them now and I have a couple of thoughts about them. One, they're huge. They're a lot bigger than I expected them to be. So if you're good with huge speakers, these are great for you. I will say the sound is phenomenal. The sound is really, really very good. I wouldn't have expected that from a Google device. And then the last thing is you've got the Google Assistant built right in. So you can talk to it. You can have it do things for you. You can have it set timers. It can play music from about 10 different services. It's just a super device. And I've said many times that I'm all in on the Google world, so I gush a lot about Google. But this is really a genuinely nice device, assuming you can get over the size of it. It's really good. Google Max, not cheap, $399, but based on the size, I think it's probably uh, priced by the pound. You know, what interests me is Apple and Google move into the speaker space is, and I don't know that these will do this or the new thing that's coming from Apple will do it either, but, and I'm not sure I'm using the right term, but there's a sort of digital sound processing notion. And when you have smart speakers, I kind of like the idea that potentially you could do this thing where you can kind of create the sonic atmosphere of the room you're in, you know, so it could sound like a certain type of room or do that sort of thing. So, well, the one thing that Google Max claims to do is, is that if you move it from it, when you put it into a room, it has the technology to adjust its sound to the size of the room. And then if you move it to another room, it will readjust. So it's smart in that regard. And I would imagine that Google is using some of its artificial intelligence to make it smarter. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past either Google or Apple to have that sort of capability. So that would, that would be a cool thing. So my parting shot is something that's been on my list, as you know, Tom, for it seems like a couple of months. And I sort of feel like it, I have like a little bit of competitive advantage with this. And so I'm reluctant. I was reluctant to share it. But it's, I really like this so much. And so the site is called Unsplash. So unsplash.com. The idea is it's a crowdsourced site for professional photographers to contribute photos that are free to use for any purpose, commercial or non-commercial. And it is an amazing resource for getting the photos that you want when you do presentations uh, and giving you the comfort that you have the rights that you need. And there's great stuff. So that's one thing. And it's amazing for that. I would recommend it completely for that. The other thing that I found really interesting about it as I was using it is when you do the search on, you know, not just something that says like airport. But if you do something that says like focus or artificial intelligence or something like that, it's pulling up a bunch of photos. And so there's some kind of algorithm happening. And it's kind of fascinating to see what it picks in connection with, with some of the concepts. So 
when I was doing the talk on artificial intelligence, I, I did that search on artificial intelligence, and there was a, a photo that was of, I think it was a man sitting on a bench in a park, and so there's this green grass around. And this is what I love about the human mind, is that I'm trying to figure out, okay, now, how does that show artificial intelligence? But it, So it's kind of an interesting thing that I want to observe to see how you know, what's happening there with this crowdsourcing and as people use it, as you learn, on this notion of concepts as associated with photographs. So, unsplash.com. I think that last picture was just messing with you. I just don't think it had anything to do with artificial intelligence. So I'm going to have to go look at it, though. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes and the Apple Podcast app um, or on the Legal Talk Network site where you can find archives of all of our previous podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, there are a bunch of ways to do it. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on LinkedIn. And as we said before, you can call us for voicemail questions any time of the day or night. That number is 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.